AD. Yo. It's really nothing like a, a rainy day when you're at home. I call it nap weather. <laughs> nap weather. I actually like the rain, man. I really do. Like playing in it as a kid, like playing in it in the league. I like the rain. Always makes me feel good. I'm trying to teach my daughter that. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast presented by betonline.ag. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Plenty to get to on this show. Of course, as always, you can hit us up on social media at rhaylock on the old Twitter. He's at underscore Eric Davis underscore. Also, we're on Instagram at watch Ray Ray. For myself, and he's at underscore bump and run on IG. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the NFL earlier this week released its all-decade team from the 2010s. We'll talk about that a little bit. There's some Niners that were able to make that list. Uh, of course, the draft is inching closer and closer. We're about just a couple weeks out now from the draft. Uh We've we've talked about receivers a lot. We still will do that, of course. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, some corners as well. I mean, we got a guy here that that played the position at the highest level. Why not uh, pick his brain a little bit on some of the players at uh, that position, and also just kind of the things that you're looking for from a 49ers perspective. Uh, also, you got to remember, no draft picks from the second round through the fourth round. So they got those two first-round picks, and then they don't pick again until the fifth. Um, and so, yeah, we got we got all that. Got a bunch a bunch of that to get into. Um, I, I guess first off, ED, you look at the way this, this whole thing is set up. Um, Niners, of course, they, they draft 13 and 31, and people are all geeked up about this 13th uh, pick. Um, I mean, people were happy about the 31st pick, don't get me wrong, but this 13th pick came along and people just started started losing their minds all of a sudden. They just got <laughs> yeah. wide receiver hungry, this, that, and the other. Um, but there are other more pressing needs for this Niners uh, football team. Buck's gone, right? You need an inti- interior alignment on that defensive side. Um, uh-huh. if, if you're on the offensive line, um, I mean, there's a myriad of ways you can go. You can go interior alignment. You can go tackle, perhaps as well. I'm not sure how much mileage uh, Joe Staley still has, uh, you know, in the tires. Um, so uh, plenty, to, plenty to look at there. But also the cornerback position. Um, we talked about it, and it was your idea uh, in terms of them moving Sherm to safety. Now, we don't know if that's going to happen. The cat hasn't been let out the bag yet, and, and with everything going on now with the virus and, and all that, no you know, no OTAs, no, no, none of these, no, none of this stuff. Now, a lot of football information isn't really getting relayed. Um, and so it's still on the table. It still possibly could happen, um, but I think you still need a corner, and, and, and I think you would, yeah. you, would, you would agree with that too, E.D. So if you're John Lynch – I don't necessarily want want you to give me players right now, but if you're John Lynch and you're looking at corners, right, and if things stand the way they are right now, they probably won't take one till the fifth or later. Um, what are some of the things that you're looking for when, when you're drafting that position and how they will fit into Salah's defense? Um, well, number one is it's a mindset that you have to have from a corner cornerback. Um, it's different than a lot of the other positions. Um, um, it actually is different from any other position, probably outside of, outside of the quarterback. Uh, and reason being is that you know that it's a gunfight that you're in. Everything that you do is exposed. Every play that you make or don't make 
um, has um, immediate impact on the game. That's that's why I'd always said about this. Our kickers would always complain about, you know, the important. I'm not on the field a lot, but, you know, every play matters. It's always important. That's true. Same goes for a quarterback. Same goes for a, a corner. Because every single play you make or don't make has an outcome on the game. I mean, you could possibly win or lose a game on your on that particular ball that's coming in your direction uh, every single time. So you have to have a certain mindset when you're playing that position. You have to you have to make certain that you have um, a guy that can bounce back from that that wants to be in that fight. So that's the that's one of those that's the one of the number one things. Talking to a player and making certain that he understands that this right now the team the team's livelihood is going to be on your shoulders. I can't have you crumbling. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't have you caught up in your field. So that's that's the first thing I'm going to look at is, uh, you know, um, you know, you look like coffee, smell like coffee. But are you caffeine free? That's the first thing I got to know. Are you decaffeinated? <laughs> OK, now we're going to. And, and that that to me goes beyond. That's before I even start to worry about how tall you are, how strong you are, how fast you are. You know, the, the quick twitch, how quickly can you change positions? Now, once we get that mindset, now I'm going to start looking at all of those things. Um, the Niners like longer corners. They like you, you look at the guys that they have on their squad right now. Yeah. They like longer guys, rangy guys. Um, so you're there. They would be looking at that because that's just that seems to be what Salah likes uh, to play in that scheme. I also have to have, even though they, there are a lot of zone coverages in there, it's a 3D, um, it's a one high safety scheme that they mostly play, which means your corners are going to be in man-to-man coverage most of the time. Even in zones, there's no such, it's not the high school zone coverage where you're just covering dirt, you're covering grass. You cover zone coverage in the NFL is you man the guy in your zone until something else shows. So you have to have guys that have that ability. But because the NFL is not strictly you match up on this guy, e- even the guys that match up, the Patrick Petersons of this league um, that match up with players, you still are going to be in combination and defenses. Nobody plays man-to-man every play. Yeah. So you have to understand how to read concepts and work with players. So all the thinking and all of those things, it, it's involved with it. So – there's a lot that goes into getting a corner just beyond can is this guy fast? Because that's all that's all we you, you see at the combine. That's all everybody ever cares about. How fast did he run the forty? That's important, uh, but uh, running running a fast forty doesn't make you a good corner. It just makes you fast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you yeah, know what I I'm mean, saying. Well, and, and and the other thing about that is you know it's. These guys are timed without pads on. How many times are you going to be, you know, in coverage and running around on a football field without pads? Uh, uh, well, that's where you always hear guys talk about game speed because yeah. that's so true. There are some guys that are track guys, and um, they, you, you know, they know how to run. Their form is great, um, and it's pretty the way they run because they, you know, like I said, they're track guys. They've been trained to run. Um, and there are some guys who, who just get on the field and they can get there. They just, they just move faster in pads. It's just, it's a natural, comfortable thing and, uh, they can get there. 
because they're just relaxed in those situations. And you see that a lot of times that's what happens to players where they just get tight on the field and they're never as fast as they are when they're just running, um, which is why you can only put so much into that combine stuff. It's about the film. It's about the mindset of a guy. Like I said, now we're going to look at the physical um, attributes and how you play. Um, all, all of those things um, will show up because if a guy looks slow on film, that he's 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 slow yeah. period yeah if, he, if if he's slow on film if he's slow on game day he's slow i don't care what he runs the 40 in i'm not i'm not gonna make him run faster i'm not gonna make him play faster i'm not gonna make him relax if if that if that speed doesn't show up on game day so if, if i'm if i'm looking at it and i'm going through that and and you are four seven on game day you're four seven i don't care if you just ran a four four you don't play four four yeah. So if you don't, so if you don't play four four, then then I, I can't I can't count on that. So that, that's that's one of the main things you have to look at from the cornerback position as well. So do you make plays? The scheme you played in, um, how how much of that is going to transfer to the to what we do? So the Niners, how how much of what this corner did in college is going to transfer to what I want him to do? Uh, when I was coming out. I guess I played cat coverage. Cover that, cover that cat. You, you cover that, that cat, cat right there. I, I played I for four years. Four year, I started four years and four years. And that was it. I, I, I had two defenses. All I had to do was, you know, cover that cat in front of me. Uh, so when I got to the NFL, uh, two things happened. One, one thing, because you can look at that and say, I had a lot to learn. I did. I had an awful lot to learn about a scheme and playing with guys and combination coverages and, and concepts. I had a lot to learn, but one great thing about that, I didn't have a lot of bad habits to break. Yeah. Cause that's I, the hardest thing to do for a player is not learn the new playbook. It's to forget the old playbook. And that's what a lot of these college guys have to come in and learn how to play the, the position. Because playing corner in the NFL is completely different than playing corner in college. Completely different. But there are some things that will transfer, like your man coverage and you just just having a mindset to battle a guy. That's just that's there. That's real. And you are either equipped to to compete like that or you're not. And um, and that's what's going to transfer easily to the league, just that willingness to compete. So that's one of that's why I go back to that. That's the the number one thing, are you caffeinated? If you're caffeine free, you can't play. You, you, you won't survive at the cornerback position if you're caffeine free. But like I said, it's just like the quarterback position. Things are going to go wrong. Do you just continue and move on? Because people always say, well, you have to have a short memory. No, 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 no. You, you can't forget it. If you forget it, you're going to keep making the same mistakes. You just can't give, give a damn. You, you you truly have to understand that, I, you know what, okay, you made a play. I don't care. Do it again. I don't think you can. That's the mindset that you have to have because I'm going to remember what you just did to me. I'm not going to go for the okie doke every single time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I can't I can't keep letting you, do, oh, well, I, you know, forget about it. Well, I, I forgot that last move. No, I'm going to log that in my book. Like, okay, he likes this move in this situation. With that foot back, he likes to in, release this way. When he drops his hands, he does this. If he lines up and his head's inside, 
this is what he's trying to do. If he lines up and he's looking at me, this is what he's trying to do. When he's primary receiver, he licks his hands. He does, Jerry used to do that. <laughs> I, told, I told Jerry that at practice one day. You know, funny, I told, I told Jerry that at practice. We were lining up, and this was probably, I don't know if this so, was like So, so Jerry, Jerry was tipping his pitches? Yeah, he had. He, <laughs> most most guys have a tail. Most receivers have a tail. And Jerry would come out at practice, and he'd come and he'd line up. And I told you I had more snaps against Jerry than, than probably anybody on planet Earth. Yeah. And Jerry, Jerry would line up, and he would come out and he'd lick his hands. And I'd watch it, and then sometimes he wouldn't. Then I started paying attention to that. So whenever Jerry was primary, when, when, when the ball was coming to Jerry, he'd lick his hands. So it's like, okay, let's get ready. Here we go. I'm working. Now, you still have to cover him, but you know how much easier that is to play that play when you know it's coming the now. The ball's coming, yeah. The ball's coming The ball's coming. Because you still have to because, – because it's one thing when I'm sitting there, you're lining up. I don't know if it's a run. I don't know if it's a pass. There are so many things that can happen. I have my coverage. If this happens, do this. If it's pass, do this. If it's run, do this. You have responsibilities in both things. But now I know, guess what? This is a pass. It makes it so there. I don't know what you're doing, but when I know what you're not doing, I can take all of those things off the board. Make sense? Yeah. So, so those, so all of these type things, you have to start figuring out and paying attention to as as a corner. And I want a guy that knows how to pick up on those things. That's that's accustomed to doing that and 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 readily able to do that. And um and like I say, he he can compete. He's going to be able to log those things in. He's not going to worry about making a mistake. Um, we've had this this talk about uh, Spoon when during the season when I was talking about Spoon and I was saying he right now he's he wants to make a play so badly. Remember me saying is he wants to make a play so badly that he can't make a play. Yeah, he. I mean, he, he was all in his head. Yes. Yes. You, 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 you're, you become so afraid of making a mistake that you can't make a play. Even when you're in position, you start to, you start to stress yourself out. And that's what, that's what I mean by you don't forget it. You just don't give a damn like, okay, you made a play on me. You must be pretty good. If you can make a play on me, I don't think you can do that again because I'm better than you. (laughs) And you know it. And so all, so I'm circling this all the way back around. You know how I like to do that. Um, that's what I want in the corner, a guy that feels that way. Yeah, I, I know you're going to make a play, but there they will be few and far between because that's just how I'm built, and, I, and, I, and I'm built to win. I will beat you there, if you our, continue. I also remember you saying a, a couple other things. Like there are differences between – I know a lot of fans see a catch made against the guy and they're like, oh man, oh man. But there, there, are differences in terms of making a play, right? Like, like the I remember you saying something along the lines of like those those quick slants, those quick hitches. Like those don't really, yeah. they're just annoying more than anything else, right? They just kind of yeah, slants, yeah, slants and outs don't beat you; they irritate you. Yeah, it's so funny when I hear it now. It's like, oh god, on that slant. Yo, he's killing them with the slant and all this stuff. It's like, okay, you you run a slant. I, I'm not trying to stop a slant. You tackle a slant. Tackle the slant. That that that's that's if I line up and you catch a slant, great. Now, if it's third and two, I want to try and make this play and get off the field, but that's a tough play to make. I want to tackle the slant. 
Because guess what happens? If you if I'm in man to man coverage and you catch a slant, okay, you get six, seven yards. I don't get you get eight yards. I tackle you. You know what's gonna happen? You're gonna get tired of getting smacked by that linebacker, that safety, and by me. Sooner or later, you're gonna get a bad ball. You're gonna look up and you're gonna see Quan coming. You're gonna see Fred Warner coming. You're going to see Jimmy Ward coming down and just that split second of indecision. Now you got a ball tipped off of your fingertips and it's up in the air and it turns into a pick or it's a drop ball. And now it's second and 10 and it changes how you do things. Or that was a second down and now it's third and long and it changes how we play the defense or the defensive coordinator puts me in a coverage to now I'm inside on that and I'm and I'm prepared or we're in a trap coverage and we're going to take that. But I'm not going to sit here and worry about that play. It's it's understand you have to be strong where you're strong. And that's one of the keys of playing. Again, the position is understanding that and not getting up in your head. There are some plays you that you shouldn't make. So if I if, if I put you in man to man defense first of all there's no such thing as just man-to-man so there's man-to-man inside there's man-to-man outside um there's going to be there's going to be trail technique there, there are so many different things so if i have you in a trail technique man-to-man trail technique inside so if you are inside trailing i'm telling you to be behind the guy um so i don't want you to catch any that means i don't want you to catch that slant i'm taking that slant away because i got you inside I want you to allow him to go beyond you. You trail underneath him. We're going to take that route away. Okay, so now if he catches an out route, is that your fault? No, I mean, that that was you, – you played the coverage the way you were supposed to, but that Thank out you. route just ended up being there. Thank you. I want, I want you – I still want you to try to make that out, and if you make the play on that out, that's a hell of a play. Yeah. That's a hell of a play because I put you underneath inside. So if he runs an out route or if he or I'll make it even tougher if he runs a corner route. So now I put you inside underneath and he ran uh, he ran a route up top and outside that defeats everything that I'm that I'm asking you to do. So if they make if they make that play, that's not your fault. Now, the announcer is going to be like, oh, he got burned on that play. And the fans are going to be like, oh, and Twitter is going to be like, oh, they're killing him. They're killing him. See, that's not your fault. And you have to have the mindset to understand that. Now, you, I want you to try to make that play, and you will get to a point to where you will still be good enough to make that play if I get the guys that have the type of ability that I, that I really want to play the position at the highest level. But if you don't, all right. <laughs> all right that ain't my fault <laughs> it's, it's it's truly not it's truly not your fault because you can't be in two places at once i can't put you inside underneath and expect you to be outside over the top that's not your play yeah yeah that's so see that's someone else's play when you put me inside and underneath who's supposed to be outside and over the top the safety, the safety that's his play yeah. that's his play and see, and, and so, and guys have to understand that, and that safety has to be patient enough to know that when when you go inside that inside route, that's not my play, so I'm not jumping that. I'm going to be there for the outside one. So when that play gets caught outside, and everyone's like, "Oh, this corner is getting burned," and he's this, he's that. Actually, the safety was out of position. 
And that's the thing that that's what that's what makes this position really, really tough, because even when it's not your fault, it's like a receiver running the wrong route and a quarterback throws an interception. You see the quarterback throw the ball. You don't necessarily understand that the receiver ran the wrong route based on the coverage that he saw. The the quarterback is expecting him to do one thing because of the coverage and the receiver that's why young receivers have a hard time playing because they don't see everything that the quarterback is seeing. And then everyone's like, this quarterback is bad. It's the same with corners. There are times where things are just simply aren't your fault and you have to have the tough enough skin to be able to deal with that. So that's another issue that, that when you're looking for corners, John, which is trying to find a corner, Saul is trying to find a corner. You're, you're looking at this and like, does the guy have the mindset to be able to handle that? And a lot of that you can look at, like I said, how much, what type of coverage did he play in? And this guy accustomed to battling. <laughs> there they go. Even on quarantine, they are trying to find you. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a rainy day, man. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. It's a rainy, it's a rainy day. It's a rainy day. <laughs> oh, that is great. That is great. So, I mean, so, I mean, we could get into the different names and, And I know you were talking about it, so I've been talking for a while now. I'm going to let you talk. More on this in a bit, but first this from Bet Online. Uh, This is quarantine week. Is it week three now, I think? uh, That week um, 173. Yeah, I I, I lost count. Um, As a matter of fact, we're taping this on a Thursday. Normally we do that on Wednesday, so you kind of know where my head's been. Um, today, today's but, Thursday. <laughs> yeah, today Yikes. is Thursday. Yikes! But, okay. Um, there's there's some optimism. Games could be coming back. They're they're saying you know baseball may be playing. Uh, you know next month, a lot of red tape to to get through for guys in the MLB if they're going to make this happen. But it could be on the horizon. Nevertheless, never fail. While you're waiting this thing out at home, you can all. Ways still have some fun betting at betonline.ag. No NBA, no NHL, no MLB, no PJ, no PGA. This is supposed to be Masters Weekend. Augusta National is supposed to be on center stage uh, this weekend, but not having that, of course, because of this quarantine. And, and because of all that, you might think there's nothing to bet on. But Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino. With poker and blackjack. But sports aren't totally done. There's still some things to kind of get your competitive juices flowing if you like to play the games. There's esports. The guys, the NBA NBA players, they got a 2K tournament going on. We've seen a bunch of Madden tournaments with the NFL guys. You got American Idol, if you're into that sort of thing. Big Brother. The elections, obviously going to be a big topic coming up here soon. The spelling bee. Uh, if, in fact, we still have that, not sure. And there's also the $750,000 Poker Series. There is still fun to be had. So go to betonline.ag, use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. There's a couple names of guys that, you know, could possibly be on, on John Lynch's board, guys that kind of fit fit that mold, right? Long, long corners. Um, 
Stanford Samuels III is a guy from Florida State, so he comes from that big school. Um, and 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 sometimes that could play a role in 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 the way in guys thinking. Um, but but his forty time, he 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 ran a four six, so that that was somewhat disappointing. Um, and and that somewhat hurt his stock. So he's a guy that can fall down uh, to the Niners. And and wait, can I, can I explain something to you? It's so funny. People always talk four six, and that's disappointing. You realize four six is fast. Four six is fast. Yeah, but I mean, you you're, you 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 do you do realize that? I mean, because people sit here and they talk about it. And they talk about that all the time. I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you just grabbed, if you just walked down the street and grabbed 20 random guys oh, you, who, who, who are random. pretty who are pretty good athletes and think that they could get out there and do it, that, that type, you know, the weekend athlete who thinks they can get out there and do it, and, and you, grab, you grab 20 of them, I, I bet three of them won't run a 4.6". I don't, I don't. I don't think any of them will run a four six. <laughs> <laughs> in all, in all honesty, um, Legarius Sneed from from Louisiana Tech. He's a guy. He's about six foot. He runs a four three. You're talking about forty times. Um, but but he's a guy that possibly could be gone before uh, before the Niners get there uh, in the fifth round. Um, Lamar well, Jackson. I'll oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, Lamar, keep going. Lamar Jackson from Nebraska. Um, according yeah, I'm to, not crazy about Lamar Jackson, though. I, I saw him at the Senior Bowl. I watched him practice. Um, long guy. He does compete, uh, but he doesn't have he doesn't have the fast twitch to me. Um, I see him more as a safety. I don't see him. Um, I don't see him covering the 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 quick receivers. I don't, I don't see him covering the digs. I don't see him covering. Uh, I, I mean, we can, uh, you know, the feelings of the, of the league. I don't, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't think he moves quickly enough to do that. Yeah. And I, that, I think that's, that, a, that's, that's a knock on him. What's that? That, that is, that is a knock on him. Um, They, they, they talked about in this, this kind of a scouting report of him is, um, you know, not really being, you know that athletic, but but one thing about him, you know, according to to this reporters, that they feel like he fits the scheme. Well, you can't you can't fix the scheme if you if you're not that athletic. I mean, just because he's big, see, that's what I'm talking about. You can't just go look at that and it's like, okay, he runs a four three. I was like, that doesn't mean he that that makes you fast. That doesn't make you a corner. Um, and and that and and I'm looking at and then the, I, this is the other thing too. Tell me the corner from Nebraska that um has. That has had a good career. Man, oh man, there's one. There's one. Where? There is one. I I can. Who? Yeah, I mean there there aren't many of them. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. Yes, that's that's Nebraska. I mean, and 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 I know that this person is not those guys, but. There is there's there's something to you don't they don't put out that player and a lot of it has to do with who they recruit based on the scheme that they run. So if you're John Lynch, if are I, you looking at that? Are you looking at okay, this school doesn't put out that type of guy? Is that I am okay? I am okay because like I said, I I want to see th- there are things that this guy has done in the last two three years that I would like for him to be prepped at so I don't have to go in and start trying to teach it. Um, 
I would like for him to have some of the basics down. And then the other thing, but what did I say when I came out? It was one of the things that I thought over the years I learned that was an advantage. I didn't have a lot of bad habits to break. So if a guy is playing in a place and you look at the guys that are coming out there, there's not a lot of success. Why? Because they're not all bad athletes. You know, this is a good program. So what is it about it? And I have to start looking at things like that. It's like, why, why do so many guys from Alabama in the secondary make it? Or guys from LSU in the secondary make it? Nebraska Corners, I'll give you some recent history. Just going back to going back to 2010. Uh, That's a long time. Larry Asante was a fifth-round okay. pick. Prince of Makamura, he was a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um... Dejon Gomes, fifth mm-hmm. fifth rounder. Uh, you know, you know, Prince Prince is the only one. That I you're mean, Prince say Prince had, is Prince is the only one. Alfonso Denard, he he was a seventh rounder for the Patriots. He, he was, yeah. I mean, he was decent, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I mean that's I mean Prince is is pretty much it. Prince is Prince is the only one. I mean, even going even Denard going up to um um the Patriots, they couldn't turn him into a high end corner. You just don't get it. And I think there are a lot of people that will say they, you know, you with the athletic ability that uh, Prince um, has coming out, had coming out and has that he didn't really reach, he didn't reach that potential that. Yeah. Yeah. What you thought would that he should get. And, and I think it has a lot to do with it. So, yes, I, I, I do have to look at that. And that's that's all. And, and the kid from Nebraska, I did. I looked at him and I was just like, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, he's, he's a big, he's big, he's long. Um, so when you look at him, he, he looks good. I just don't, I just don't know if he is the guy that I can say I'm going to put up in front of a guy because it's like a wide receiver in his league. When you come to the NFL, if you can't get off a of press coverage, you can't play. Yeah. Well, if you're going to be a corner, if you can't play press coverage, you're going to be a liability. I mean, you, yeah, you you you, 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 ha- you have to, right? It's it's like, and you correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it, it's like the pitcher, right? Like you can't you can't just throw fastballs, right? You got to be able to mix it up a little bit with the all speed yes. pitches. So in your techniques, yes. you got to be able to do different things. Well, you have what well, exactly? Um, you know, one of my isms. You have you you actually have to be efficient at everything that your position requires. To last in the, to, to make the league, to make a team, whatever your position is, you have to be efficient at everything. And part of a part of what you're going to be asked to do as a corner is play man-to-man coverage. You have to be efficient in it. You don't now to last to have a career. You have to be great at something. Some guys, you can look at them. The Asante Samuels. Asante can play man-to-man coverage. But Asante was great in space. Yeah, he was great in zone coverage. That Sherm, Sherm is one, and then and now this the next phase of that. The more things you are great at, the better career. That's where the Pro Bowls and the All Pros and ultimately the the Hall of Fame comes in. Now we'll go to Sherm. Sherm is great at press coverage. Sherm is great in space. And reading coverages and making plays. And so you see, the more things you start to tell, and that's why Sherm is the type player that he is. Sherm is great at diagnosing offenses 
and concepts. So that's what I'm saying. There are different levels to the things that you can do at the position, but you have to be efficient at all of them. So if you come into the league and you can't play man coverage, you can't make a team. Yeah, it's it, it's my comp for that is always D'Angelo Hall. Um, mm-hmm. Remember, he was, you know, he, he was one of the top corners in the league at one point, right? And a lot, yeah. a lot of it was based upon scheme, right? He goes to the Raiders, and the Raiders are all pumped up. They're jacked to get him. And, you know, halfway into the season, Raiders fans are ready for him to go because, you know, back during that time, Raiders, all they played was man. I wasn't letting you play other, anything else but man coverage. And that wasn't necessarily his strength. Yeah. Um, and so he was exposed, and, and, you know, he was able to somewhat revamp his career a little bit once he left Oakland. But when he got there, it was yeah. it, it it just wasn't good. And, and you know what? We can flip that, too. Namdi. Namdi. Namdi was a perennial all-pro. And in, in Oakland's scheme, he went to Philly, and everybody was like, what's wrong what's with Namdi? What's wrong with this guy? Yeah. But Namdi, Namdi was no longer – he was being asked to do some of those other things. That's what I'm saying. You have to be efficient. Namdi didn't all of a sudden become a bad player. Namdi just wasn't a zone corner. So when you ask him to play combination coverages, and that's what I'm saying, being efficient at those other things. So now it's understanding concepts. It's playing in space. It's 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 seeing the, the different aspects of, of – um, uh, where guys are lined up and and um, the personnel on the field, all of those things start to change based on the position that you're in, as opposed to Numdi being nose to nose with a guy, because he could Numdi could go nose to nose and just erase a guy. Because I, I remember there was a point when when some I, I remember somebody asked me who's the better player. They were like Revis or Numdi, and I was like, ah, it's it's Numdi. What they're asking is Numdi. And that's how that's how Numdi was when he was at Oakland. He was. And I was like, and 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 then they asked him to do something else. So that's so that's back to all of this when at a corner. You you are looking for a guy that can do multiple things. Does he the number one thing, do you have the mindset that that says I'm an eraser? That's that's it. I I am better than whoever you put in front of me. I am better than whoever I you know, I I, I I to this day I still think that's what got me drafted when Ray Rhodes asked me at a little a little tiny kid at a D two school and he asked me like what what the hell are you gonna do when I put Jerry Rice in front of you and I was like I'm gonna kick his ass just like anybody <laughs> else's it's like I got I'm not gonna let him get me cut yeah and and Ray laughed just like you did <laughs> that takes a lot of stones and it's that. just no no it's just <laughs> like like dude. You are you are nameless, faceless object. You're not Jerry Rice. You're you're just you're just eighty standing in you're front of me, and you're you're 80. you're like any other eighty. And yeah. I got a, I got a, they took like cover that cat. So when I got there, he was like, "Hey, wherever eighty goes, you cover that cat." So I got to cover that cat. And my first and, and it was funny. It was fun. My very first mini camp, we got out there in the first deep ball. Jerry, you know, first first time I covered Jerry, he tried to take me deep, and I knocked it down. And everybody was like going all crazy, and it wasn't that big a deal to me. Yeah, it it it, it really wasn't. It was like you, you you're supposed to make a play. He's gonna get me. I'm gonna get him, and and you compete, and that's how it is. And he helped me get better, because yes, he starts showing me some moves and all these things. But just like I said, you know, when I see him licking his hands, like Jerry, what's that? And it got to that point where where he would literally do that after practice. 
we, Jerry would come up after practice and like, okay, what did you see on this route? Like, how did you know I was doing that? And I, and of course I'd be like, okay, this is what's going on. And this is what happened. And then the same thing, like if he, if he set me up with something, I was like, how, like how, what made you do that? And you're like, okay, well you were leaning this way. Or I'm just thinking if I can make you do this, then you'll do that. So that, that's that's the back and forth that you have to have. Sundays had to be a walk in the park for you, then. I mean, you getting you getting this work in all during the week, and you go oh, out yeah, there on you go out there Sunday, on Sundays. Sunday, and, I was always relaxed on Sundays. I, was, I, I said that forever. <laughs> I mean, Sunday Sundays were always relaxing. There was there was no one I was going to go against on a Sunday that was that was was better than Jerry Rice or John Taylor. I, I was never going to go against somebody who was better. Yeah, ever. Ever so, I mean that's that's what I dealt with, you know Jerry Rice and John Taylor. So there was there was nothing that I could get from a route running standpoint, from a strength, from a speed, from a, um, you know like working with jams, all this stuff. But so so that's 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 how that is. But now back to like John Lynch and looking at a corner. See, you keep talking about the guys, and I mean for different reasons, there are different guys that you you know like you, when when you look at. Because I think you mentioned Fulton's name. I, uh, I hadn't yet, but go ahead. Oh, you hadn't? Oh, well, well, Fulton, Fulton, this is a guy, it's not the sexiest name coming out, but th- this is a guy, like a good ball quarterback. Like, th- like they're different throws. Like, is a, is a quarterback throwing a ball under duress? Is he throwing it, um, you know, is it these smoke routes and, you know, because they always talk about a guy's coverage and what he's doing. OK, is it smoke routes? Are you having to fight through people to make tackles or is the quarterback? Is this like a perfect throw? Because if a quarterback, if, if the blocking's perfect, the pocket's clean, all of these things, it's hard to make a play. Do you make plays in those situations? He's a guy that makes a lot of plays in that situation. Um, you know, contested balls. Talking about uh, Christian you, Fulton, LSU kid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you start going like you know those contested balls, when they talk about it's a fifty-fifty ball, and I used to always say it's not fifty-fifty if I'm better than you. <laughs> That's the one that always gave me. It's a fifty-fifty ball. Well, like so, you're just assuming you're assuming that this dude is better than me. Um, so um, every time you throw it up, he has a chance to get it. Like no. No, see, I never thought it. I never looked at it that way, because you know, if I if if fifty percent of the balls, think about it this way: if a corner has ten balls thrown at him and five of those balls are caught, he ain't gonna be, he ain't gonna, gonna be play? there next week. Thank you. So there's so you you can't be a fifty fifty. So that, that's what I'm saying. That, that's not gonna happen. Like so so you so for your receiver, you're happy. You can't be fifty fifty at corner. You you can't. Baseball, you hit it three out of ten times, you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. If they catch, if 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 you lose seven out of ten in football, you don't get to see week two. Yeah. At the cornerback position, that just doesn't happen. And 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 you can't even be seventy, you know, because it depends on which three that they catch. Yeah. Exactly. So, right? but now three, three slants is a little bit different than, you know, three. The, you know, the, the Thank three you. Three deep balls. Exactly. <laughs> so, so that and that, that's what I was about to say. So, it's an understanding of what it is. That's why I said slants and outs don't beat you, and 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 football people know that. So, you tackle the slant. Now, if I miss that tackle, and a and a and a slant that should have been seven eight yards turns into a 30, 40 yard play, 
those are the ones that get you off the field. But a guy catching a slant and you're contesting it, and the second he catches the ball, you tackle him, there is not a coach on planet Earth that's mad about that. Not at all. Um, it, go ahead. Yeah, I'm th- throw a couple couple more names out here. Um, cause we got we got to talk about t-shirts. Uh, Neville Clark from Central Florida. Um, and there's another kid from Iowa, Michael Ojemudia. He's intriguing because he can tackle. And you know, in, in this scheme, you got to be able to tackle well. He played there in the Big Ten. He's he's, he's from Iowa. Um, uh, yeah. So, okay. So so that see, that's see, none of these names. I, I I you know any of these guys that they bring in I, again. I, and I know. But I think, think I, I, I think we're throwing these names out there. Keith Washington, another guy from West Virginia. That's, uh-huh. that's the last one we'll throw out there. I, we're we're throwing these names out there, kind of just to give an idea, kind of what to look out for. Um, if you hear this name, maybe they're in play for the Niners. But remember, Eman was undrafted. Yeah. And and it's worked out pretty well for him, you know, so much to the point where they're bringing him back next year, you know, and and he he started the Super Bowl, and so um, and he's probably going to start the season. Yeah, I mean, if the season started today, he he would be right there. He'd be pegged in opposite Sherm. Um, well, and th- and this is this is also my other thing. If because we're talking, I think you're talking about later round guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking because they 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 after after 31 they don't pick again till the fifth round. Okay, so and if you're picking a fifth round corner, you're not picking that guy to start. So th- this is this is my if you're going to pick a corner to come in and supplant Emmanuel or um or Witherspoon who everyone seems to be forgetting about. He's still in play, and he may actually end up being the starter after they compete um, because they're going to give him every chance to do so. He has the talent to do so. If if you're if someone's going to come in and, and take one of those spots, you're drafting the guy in the first or second round. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure if that's the play at – well, I definitely don't think it's the play at 13. I'm not sure if it's the play at 31 either. Mm-hmm. And, and that's my point. So, and that, so now if you're going – if, if no trades have been made, if nothing happens, if they select at 13 and 31, they're not – I don't think they're grabbing a corner. And if they haven't grabbed a corner, then that means that they are happy with their corners because you're not drafting a fifth-rounder. Uh, yes, and you just said, okay, E-Man was a free agent, and he's now the starter. E-Man was not brought in to start. No. And, no. and, 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 and they gave Spoon – Chances last year. I mean, we all rode that wave, right? Where Niner fans were clamoring for 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 Spoon to be on the bench, but there was that investment there, right? They invested in him. They used it, you know. They 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 they, they wanted to see if if they can get something out of this investment. So they gave him chances. They gave him multiple opportunities when it looked clear yeah. at that point that E Man was the guy, the better play. Um, and then finally, you know, he he being spoon forced their hand because he was just, I mean, he he was just well, in his, he head, his so, own head. Yeah, he, he was just in his head, head so much that they they there was no there was no other choice for Salah and Shanahan than to put you know E man in there. And and we all saw the play, right? It was that 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 uh, it was that that go that that deep ball by Diggs, right? And, and that and that was it, right? I mean, we all we all knew it right there. I mean, you can write you know you that. You can write that as being the end of the season for Spoon. You know, we all saw it, and we saw when it happened. We all knew, okay, well, that's it. You know, well, the part and the part about it that we that that most people missed out on is the fact that he was there. He was there. 
and he should have made the play. And that's what I mean by trying um, too that, hard, making wanting to make a play so bad that he yes, missed it. That, that you have to. So that so that's what I mean about it's not about forget and move on. It's about that's that epitomizes you can't give a damn. Yes, guys have caught a ball. I don't care. You caught it. Okay, you had a good play. You must have. You had a pretty good play. You must have been pretty good on that play. You. It won't happen again. And I'm not worried about it happening again because if you start worrying now, that that's when that's when that four four guy becomes a four six four seven guy. Yeah. Because you're not relaxed, you're tense, your muscles aren't flowing, you're not as quick as you can be. You don't react in the same manner, and you 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 do you you get in panic mode, and you can tell when a player is in panic mode. And and that and I said one of the one of the best athletes in the world is is running down the field, just running, and he tries to turn and he falls. Yeah, because he's worried about something going wrong which creates something to go wrong. Absolutely. And, and, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So there's the, yeah, so I still say they're going to give them an opportunity and that that's 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 what makes this draft so hard when you look at the the picks. So they make the trade to get that 13th pick. You got that 13th pick for a reason. Um and you wanted to get up higher in the draft for a reason. If not, Defoe would still be here. Um, for reasons beyond just the the salary, because you could have survived this year um, with his salary. Yeah, he's still under contract. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so you make that move. So, what is it you're after, and what is it you want uh, to bring to the team? So we'll see. I I just don't. I I don't think they're looking at this saying we need to go and draft a corner at thirteen. Or thirty-one. No, um, I don't think I, that's I, the play. And even a guy I, like Fulton, like you mentioned, I don't even know if he's there. He may be there at thirteen. Um, and especially considering how deep this wide receiver class is, I mean, we could see a bunch of wide receivers go early, and so he may end up being there at thirteen. But, but I, I don't for the for the sake for the for the betterment of this team and just seeing where this tra- trajectory is. Like I, I just I have a hard time seeing that as the play. I have a hard now, the time only, seeing that as the play. Uh, yeah, see, I don't. I just don't see them drafting a corner at that position. Um, uh, what's the what's the kid from um uh, from from Clemson? Um, that the backer that with all the speed that could be a safety. Oh, it could be a safety. Could be a linebacker. Uh-huh, uh, Simmons, uh-huh. Isaiah Simmons. Simmons, Simmons. That's the one. Now Simmons. Now he's not a corner. No, he's not but a corner. Simmons, he's a, he's, he's, he's a Simmons new age just, linebacker. Basically, he's a, he's a he's a wild card. Simmons yeah. reminds me. Simmons reminds me of um, Duran James, where where you look where you look at him and you're like, okay, we could put him in the secondary, and um, this guy could cover receivers, but he can cover um, tight ends. He can cover backs. He can take on linemen. He can tackle. He can blitz. You know, that's that's a big-time wild card. I mean, he, he's 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 a freak, basically. Yes, um, that's a, that's a, that's a big-time wild card. Uh, so, I'm, I, I mean, I'm just throwing names out there. If you're going to go – because you know, you know my philosophy on drafting DBs and wide receivers. I want freaks of nature. 
That kid's a freak of nature. Yeah. So if I'm going if I'm going for a DB in the first round before I'm drafting a corner, because we already discussed, I mean, you do have Spoon that has the ability and he can get out of his own head. You do have E-Man that has shown that he can come in. You know how hard it is to come off of the bench when you're, you're you look at Seattle, the importance of that game to come off the bench and to start making plays because you know they're coming right at you. Right at you. And to make the plays that he made in those situations. And then, you know, you're a youngster. You're starting in the Super Bowl. You got a couple plays I want back. But look, I mean, you're, you're coming out and you're performing in that defense in that situation. He's only going to be more confident. Only going to be more confident. And you can't tell me he doesn't have the the ability to start in the NFL. He's already done it. I've seen him. I've seen him play well. I've seen him make plays. I've seen him help them win games. He Going back to what you said about Simmons, and, and he's likely a top 10 pick, right? So it, it I, I'd be shocked. To, if, he, if he's still there at 13, I'd be shocked. But if he is there at 13, and you got to scratch your head, you got to take a long look. I mean, this dude is – the dude is a freak. He ran a four three. Uh-huh. He's six two, almost two hundred forty pounds. But he at Clemson, he played on all three levels of their defense. Uh, like you, uh, you just I, don't see that. Like he played at end, he played at corner, he played at safety, he played at linebacker. Like you just like you you don't see that. What have, what what have I said? You 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 know my philosophy. I'm saying it again. He's a freak. If I'm gra- if I'm drafting a wide receiver or a DB, I want them to be Freaks. off of the charts special. Yeah. I, I don't, and he there, ran I don't a four three. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. But yes, yes, he yeah. he that that size, that speed, uh, that mentality. Because I'm sorry, it, it takes a certain mindset to be on the line fighting offensive linemen to get to a quarterback. And then it's a it's a whole different mindset to say I'm going to be out here in space with my tit in the ringer and I got to cover this this guy, um, you know, one on one at the corner position. And now I'm you're going to line me up at safety and I have to be able to see the field and 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 you know know what's happening with the matrix and see everything around me. So the football acumen has to be there for you to be able to play on all three levels. You, and understand what it is you're supposed to do at, at those times. And, so and I, see I the mean, game and see the game that well too. And and even even if we're in a new age in football, right? Where, you know, guys we used to know as safeties back in the day are now linebackers, and 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 the safeties have gotten smaller, and and, and guys who probably used to be ends are, are now playing more linebacker. Um, just because you got you have to. You have to contend, especially at the college level. You have to contend with all these, these spread offenses, and 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 nickel uh-huh. is becoming more your base now, more these days. Like, even even if you take all of that into consideration, like this is still just bonkers. The fact that that he can do all that and yes. do it well. Um, for a, a t- and, and not just like he wasn't just doing this anywhere. Like he was doing this on a team that has you know perennially o- over the last few years have been in the, in national championship conversations. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying high end, <laughs> high end ball, high end expectations, 
Um, he played at a high level. And remember, we started this and you were asking me, what do you look for in a player? And I said, it's a mindset and it's an understanding. And what has we we talked about different colleges and and what they're asked to do and how much of that transfers and and uh, what will this person be able to learn? And you have someone that has not, not only did he play on a team where the expectations were high. You play for coaches that actually coach guys to play at the next level. You performed well, and you had to learn all three levels of the defense, which allows me to know if I'm drafting, I'm John Lynch, and I'm looking at this guy. Well, I, I he should he must understand football because you can't just put a guy out there if he doesn't know what he's doing in all those supreme, different positions. Supreme, supreme IQ you have to have because you're, you're seeing you. the game from three different levels. Yes, absolutely. You have you have to you have to know all of these things. So when when you start to talk about that level of understanding, it's worth looking at. So is it, so that's that more so than going for a corner. I think I can survive with the corners that we have, um, if 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 that be the case. And there's still other guys that you can get to come in. So if, if I don't know if I would go drafting one of these corners that early even though there are some guys that i like I, but i just don't know if that's necessary for the court for the niners to get to the top as opposed to getting someone with that type level i mean you you know i mean we're, we're talking that, that i mean that's just that's just not your basic that's not that's not the basic football player that's not the basic yeah. db that's that's special but you, you know what before before we talk about something else let me talk about something else that's special all right you know, because we're, we're sitting here and um, quarantine is there. You're playing Mr. Dad. And it's, and every now and then, I mean, Mr. Mom, that's what you're doing. And every now and then you got to get, I know you got to get out of your pajamas and get dressed. And when you get dressed, you know, you, you got to know and style is changing and that formal wear is out. And even around the house right now, you got to throw on a T-shirt or two. So I want to talk to you about true classic tees, if that's okay, just for a moment. Uh, True Classic Tees are truly my favorite. I'm waiting on a shipment right now. It's an LA-based, it's an LA-based t-shirt company, and it is definitely on the rise. The shirts are soft. They hold up in the wash. Incredi- incredibly versatile. I mean, you can wear them out. I know you like to throw one on under your suits and think you look good. I've seen you in a, in a couple photos street, there. You, street to talking, man. Yeah, yeah they're talking. talking. Yeah, you don't always want to hear what they have to say about you, but they're talking. <laughs> but yes, like 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 my man Radio here, you can wear them out. You can wear them around the house, and we're spending a lot of time around the house. But you still got to look good. But uh, I mean, the best part of these things, because you can do so much with them, and they are so versatile. The price, they are relatively inexpensive. They're cheap, even. I mean, fifteen dollars. And you can get them for even less. If you go to trueclassictees.com and use the code at checkout, B-L-E-A-V, you can get 20% off. That's believe, B-L-E-A-V, at trueclassictees.com. Go there, get your shirts, um, and walk around feeling good about yourself and have the streets talking like they are about Rashawn. That's right. Um, we, we talked about the cornerback position. Wide receiver obviously is is uh 
it's a deep class. I mean, we've mentioned it time mm-hmm. and, and time again, and you, you can be able to get a guy, um, you know, I think pretty much anywhere in, in, in this draft. Um, Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network, uh, he also is part of the radio crew for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, I know DJ well. You know DJ. Yep. Uh, he, 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 in talking about uh, – Henry Ruggs, he said he would be a quote unbelievable fit for the Niners. With I the, agree with the thirteenth pick. You agree with this? Okay. Why? I why, agree. Why so? Um, I you know we've had this talk before, and I said number one, I like Alabama receivers, um, because they are very well prepared. We've been t- discussing this about the cornerback position. They are prepared to play at the next level a lot sooner. Um, because of the system that they run, more of a pro style um, offense there uh, at Alabama, where you're coming to the line of scrimmage and you're checking plays, which means that from a receiver standpoint, you have to be able to, you know, fix that in your mind. Look at the defense. My route has changed based on this coverage. What am I going to do? Um, as guys start moving, I have to learn how to, ch- you know, adjust my routes. Route running is paramount there. Um, that, that is something. And then the dude's just fast. He's fast. He's a run-after-the-catch guy. He's a tough guy. Um, I, I, I like him. And, you know, the other thing that I actually think Ruggs is going to have going for him, I think Ruggs is going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because everybody loves Judy. Judy. Yeah. Everybody loves Judy. And this dude is like, you guys do know I was on that team killing too. I think he's going to have a little bit of a chip at the next level, and he's going to come in and and play well. I I I really do think he's going to come in and play well. So I I would have I've, I said I have no problem with either either of the um, Alabama receivers uh, coming in at Alabama. I like them both more. I personally like both of them more than C.D. Lamb. I do. Interesting. I you know what the the. The whole rugs thing is is fascinating to me because here's a guy you mentioned it four two speed right that's that's just out of this world mm-hmm. type speed that's stupid uh, but for <laughs> for three years right he's 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 been listening to how great Jerry Judy is he's he's been the other guy he's, he's been the other he's receiver. been the other guy right mm-hmm. and 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 who's to say that um. You know, and probably just about any other school across the country, he probably would have been the guy. Um, and and so now he's he, he will step into an NFL organization, whichever organization it is, and and he'll have the opportunity to prove that, hey, I'm I'm that guy. You know, like I I I can get it done. And so mm-hmm. you know, you talked about it that that incredible chip on his shoulder, but he he's a speed guy. He can take the top off of a defense. Um, Niners could use a guy like that. Um, I. I mean, I just, I just, I find it, I find it fascinating for the other guy, and despite him being the other guy, like he's still getting a bunch of pub. First of all, like how, how rare is it if you're, you're Alabama, you got two, you know, the top four ranked receivers in this draft. Um, that's that's something special in in its own right. But, um, but they always have good receivers. Yeah, yeah but for for Rugs to be overlooked, um, mm-hmm. you know, as much as he has been. Um, I, I think it's I, th- I think it is fascinating. 
Uh, well, it also tells I, you how good Judy is. It, it tells you. It tells you how good Judy is. Because <laughs> Judy, Judy is good. Judy's good. His 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 route running is just Judy's route running is just clean. It, it it's really clean, and it's only going to get better because you do have to realize is that he he is a college receiver. As clean as his routes are, he's a college receiver. They are going to get better when he starts to work with professionals. And he starts to train like a professional. He's still training. This is this is the part um, with all of these players when you start looking at high end. Uh, where are they? So from a GM standpoint, where are they? What are they doing right now? How ready will they be to play? Because they go from – remember, you're going to go from a guy – where I can be around him 20 hours a week. You know, you get 20 hours a week of football in college. Yeah. That's the way the rules are now. That's that's matched, you know, 20 hours a week, as opposed to, you know, when this guy's going to come in and I'm going to start getting him for 10, 12, 14 hours a day. It's, it's, it, it's that's, every that's day. The part. Yeah. When, it becomes, when it becomes your profession, you know, you're going you're gonna to be over there 10, 12 hours easily a day when this guy's normally getting 20 a week. So how much better is he going to get when when it when that type of detail is being put in it? So that that's the thing with with Judy. So you're right. Rugs is Rugs is that same guy that you saw at the combine. That same explosion. That same speed. And you see it on film. You see him running past people like crazy on film. It's the same thing. But Judy was just that nice. <laughs> where, where he where he was he was he made rugs the other receiver so either one of those guys coming that that you know it, that'll that'll be something that's there and and the thing that I, the thing that i like about rugs and i have liked about rugs is just that you see the speed on film rugs is one of those guys that can he he's the tyree kill type where he can just I don't care what defense you're playing. If Tyreek just starts running down the field, you have to change what you're doing. Ruggs has that type speed to where whatever you're doing, when he starts running across the field, (laughs) you better pay attention to him because he can run past everybody that you have on the field. It's just, it's, that's just, that's just the way it is. So I'm not, I, would I wouldn't have a problem with it. it. It's so weird this draft because of where the Niners are. I if you bring one of those guys in, I get it. I understand. If you completely go like we just mentioned Simmons, if you if you threw a loop in like that, I get it. Because this this team is is there where it's like, okay, let's if we can grab a, a couple of dynamic playmakers. There you go. On either side of the ball. Or, or if you look at it, you know what? We have to replace Staley. And you're in, at 13, you could draft the next all-pro tackle. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's so – this where they are and how good this team is, it's so hard to predict what they're going to do. So that's, that's all we can do, just keep bouncing things right, off. So we, but I'm we, not bad at DJ. We, we've talked – We've talked a lot about these wide receivers and, and whether or not the, the Niners should even take a wide receiver um, in the in the first in the first round. This this was when they had just the thirty first pick. Now that now that they got the thirteenth pick, and I, and I know how you feel about wide receivers and corners. You feel like you can get those guys later in the draft. Mm-hmm. And it, with this being such a deep wide receiver class, even in the fifth round, um, who's to say you can't you can't be able to find 
um, a guy. But let like who who are the guys at the wide receiver position specifically? Who are the guys that you know if they're there at thirteen, it's a no brainer. Like it's is it Judy and Hugs and that's it, or or, or is, is there anybody else in that mix? Uh, see, I don't I don't know if there is a no brainer. For so, me, so even because or Ruggs. you you know who you're talking to, how I feel about that yeah. position. Yeah, I I don't I don't I mean look look where the Niners were last year, look where the Niners were last year. There was not a single first round wide out on that in that room, right? Yeah. Even when you brought in Sanders, even when you brought in Sanders, yeah. yeah, even when you brought in Sanders. I mean, you know, you you brought in a proven vet, but you didn't have a single first round draft pick in that room. It's not necessary. That, that's that's my point. It's it's not necessary. You don't have to you don't have to go to the first round to get a good receiver. I mean Pittsburgh does it every year. Pittsburgh they draft guys and just develop them. They do they they've done it. I mean from Heinz Ward, uh, you know you you had they Plexico may have been like one of the few first rounders. They don't you know then I mean we can we can go down the list. It's like every year. They, you just like the next guy would just step up and play well for them, um, because they they develop that position, and they never really put a lot of draft equity into it. I don't think it's necessary. I, I just don't because how many teams you really see go out and put put a ton of draft equity into the wide receiver position, and then they get over the top. No, I mean it. It doesn't happen, and that's been my point exactly this entire time. I mean, even though Kyle had Julio down there in, in Atlanta when they made it to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. um, they didn't win the Super Bowl. Um, AJ Green has been one of the top wide receivers in the league for years now, and and, and mm-hmm. for whatever circumstances, whatever you want to call it, you know they've they've had hard times even getting out of the first round. I mean, um, yes. I mean, you go everywhere. I mean, I, we and we can we can do it. I mean, the greatest Larry Fitzgerald has been. I mean, like you say, it helps because you see, you know, he helped the Cardinals get there. When you had a good court, he helped the Cardinals get there. You can look at Dez and he helped them get to the playoff. We can go. Uh, you mentioned AJ. Um, we uh, we can go all Hopkins, all all of these guys. You could look at them, but even with that great talent at the wide receiver position. Megatron couldn't do it. You, you, it doesn't. You don't get them. It's, it's rare that you get that guy to get you over the top. It's rare that you have, um, you know, the Randy Moss, the the Jerry Rices, where where, where that guy is that guy. <laughs> you know, yeah. It, 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 and we can talk about so many really good receivers that have helped teams and and just made big time plays that weren't first round talents, and that's why I, I just. So back to your question, who's the guy that where you're like I I have to do it? There's not one. There's not one. There, there there's not to to me there's not one. If they grab a guy like like you, we talked about rugs, I have no problem with you grabbing rugs. I, I if you decide Judy, yes, because because the question more so is who is the the can't miss guy. To me, it's how do you feel about the wide receiver room and the guys that you've already brought in. And the way you've been addressing the room, do you feel good about those guys? You just brought back Bourne. Where do you see him going? 
You have heard. He hasn't played yet. We saw the development of Debo. Where do you see him going? How do you feel about the guys in the room already? Because if Debo turns into if if Debo turns into Steve Smith, you're good. Think very, about it. Very true. Very true. Because he, he definitely has that type mentality. And if he if he turns into that, because there was a point where Steve Smith was the best. He was the best receiver in the league. There was like a three four year stretch there where he even at his size he was the best receiver in the league. He he was he was an impossible out. He was just like I'm. I'm sorry. All you could do is hope that he hit a single. Because he, <laughs> because he could, he could he could clear the bases every game. Uh, and, yeah, and I'll, if you, I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Yeah, he, I mean he he could. Steve, there was a point there where I don't care. Even with you, dude, Steve, he took Jake DeLome to the Super Bowl. He, Come on, that he did. The that he did. Okay, that right there alone should get him a gold jacket. <laughs> I mean that's that. I mean, so so if Debo, so so that's the thing. If the room, if you look at that and you're like, wait a minute, we found this guy again who wasn't a first rounder, but he is that type player, Steve Smith. I went to Steve Smith. Steve Smith wasn't a first round. I think he was like a fifth or sixth rounder or something like that, fourth or fifth. Um, he was on a practice squad for a few years, for goodness sake. So so I mean that, that's you don't have to do that at that position. Get Get big dudes. Get the freaks of nature. Go go out and do that. Find 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 a way to have that dynamic guy out there and work in your scheme for years because you can address those other positions. And even and, and that's why I'm, I'm going back to to the corner position. Back to the corner position. Um, if you're drafting a corner that late, you're not drafting him to be a starter. And if you're drafting him that late, if you're drafting him that late. Uh, and he's not going to be a starter. Um, what, what, what you you feel good about the room? And the, the Niners, and that's the thing. It's a good team right now. Yeah, you know, I mean they, they they are. And you look at the trajectory of of this team, and it just doesn't like I, 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 corner just does not seem to be the play. Like I've I've said that you know on, on this pod before uh-huh. that I'm I'm with the like you can't have enough big dudes. Like you can't, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think I won you over. You can't. You you cannot have. You cannot have enough big bodies. Human beings just don't grow that big and athletic. And when they do, grab them. When you need them, grab them. If you're in position to get them, grab them. If if you get if you get if you get Joe Staley's replacement, if you look at someone like this is a talent that can come in and do that. I don't care if Joe plays next year. You still have that guy. Yeah. He may not be. You may not be in position to get that guy next year. You're going to need that guy if you want to sustain what's going. And, and that's that's what I'm saying. Go go get that. There will be corners and wide receivers coming out every single year. <laughs> Absolutely. Even with every this being single, a deep uh, class at wide receiver. Yeah, every year there are wide receivers coming out every year. Every year, yeah, yeah. you know what? Last year wasn't this deep receiver class, but you still had rookie receivers that came in and performed. You had rookie corners that came in and performed, and you're going to have some guys that were in that that, that are going to continue to develop, and they're going to be fine. Um, you, I'm, but I'm just looking at what the Niners have done. Like I said, you've you've addressed some of these situations, and you have some guys that are learning and are getting better and are developing, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
there's nothing wrong with developing. It's, it's so funny. Guys have to play. I was talking to someone yesterday and I said, this is the thing that they were talking about Cam Newton and where should Cam go and the problem with Cam. And I said, well, right now you have to wait. Uh, and, you know, I said the Panthers did him wrong by, by when they released him. I said, but now and I said, let's just look at I said, let's just look at the charges. I said, let's just say the charges go and grab. Right now, you're looking at this draft, and you're saying, "Well, we may have an opportunity to get one of these um, rookie quarterbacks, uh, one one of the uh, guys in the draft." I said, "So if you feel good about that guy, and that guy happens to land, I said, you have this one particular guy. If you don't get him, then you know what? Guess what? Draft day, I can sign Cam. If I get that guy, I don't necessarily want Cam." And it's and his and the and the the thought was, "Well, you get Cam and develop that guy." And I was like, "No, you can't do that. Why? Because and this is what I'm getting at." We are in a microwave society. You have the social media driving, and football listens to social media. Yeah, Cam, they that ain't gonna fly with Cam. They no, and the thing about it, guess what? Well, you get this rookie quarterback, the crowd is gonna want him to play. They want these guys. You draft two, two has to play before before the before his rookie. It's like Baker Mayfield before the rookie year is up. They have to be on the field. You don't develop guys anymore. Yeah. They don't. They they want you to be out the days there and in the red shirt are, are over. Yeah. Thank you. So so that's so that's why you can't do that at certain positions. And that, and I'm and I'm getting what I'm getting at is that you have a you have a man, Witherspoon. Let them develop. These guys are developing. There's nothing that says that they're bad players. Actually, I've seen more good than bad out of both of them. So and everyone is like, okay, you just gotta go because we even talk about the play that got Spoon off the field. He was there. He was right there. I used to talk to Tyrone Drakeford the same thing, and I and I used to have to tell him. And I was trying when I knew I was leaving and trying to get him ready. And I was telling Drake, "You got to learn to relax. You have to understand how to make these plays when you are in position. You are right there. Know that it's going to happen. You've done all the homework, and you know what's about to happen. So what is happening? When it happens, don't you're not shocked. Just finish. Just just flat out finish. And that was something I had to learn." And that's what Spoon is going to learn. That Spoon, Spoon's going to go back and look at this film, and I guarantee you, he in, in those moments, because I know I still to this day, I can think about things that happened and the plays that happened in every little millisecond of it on what I wish I had done or should have done or how I got myself into that position. And he's going to realize this is where this can go. So those things will help. E-Man will develop. There may come a day where E-Man is on one side and Spoon's on the other. You don't necessarily have to go out and, and so uh, we don't have to grab a corner. And I, and I'm with you, man. Get a get a big body if it's there, or get one of those freaks like we discussed, like Simmons. Like Simmons, yeah. Ed, you're talking about the uh, the big guys up front, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there's one name that continues to keep getting thrown around. Uh, with the Niners. Okay. Okay. And it, it, it at thirteen, nonetheless, and it's a guy who's been on mo- multiple mock drafts. Um, and it seems like every time you look around, there's there's this guy, there's this name that that just won't go away. Um, and like Debo, he's from the University of South Carolina. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And and so this could be the way to go. The number two defensive tackle in this draft, yeah. according to some, Javon Kinlaw, 6'5", 315, you know, 
yeah guys just don't wake up like that um <laughs> but, uh, yeah, exactly he, he he according to some he was the best player at senior bowl practices from either team like he just went down there and dominated uh-huh. um and and he's a guy that uh an interior lineman obviously buck is gone he's now in in indianapolis with the colts so there's a need there at, at that position um, and so this guy keeps coming up over and over and over and over again. Will he still be there at 13? I'm not sure. But so multiple mock drafts ha- have him as the consensus favorite to go there at, at number 13. It's so funny, these mock drafts, right? It's, it's yeah, yeah, really. People just – they just go nuts <laughs> for this stuff, dude. Like it's it's unreal. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm somewhat thankful for it because it gives us, you know, something to talk about. But – Draft day comes, and I mean, you can pretty much tear that thing up because as soon as the, the 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 first trade is made, or somebody does one thing that you don't think they're going to do, um, some team does, then it, there it, it is. It's, That's all it's a wrap, right? And you know me well enough. I think you know me well enough to know now that it's some stuff I don't pay attention to. And that's one of them. Yeah. Uh, all the, like all of these players, like you're like you know me. I'm like that kid from Clemson, or that kid from UCLA, or this <laughs> because because I first of all I'm not even. And someone has asked me this before. Someone said this made this comment to me before. They were like, you don't understand. You don't know all the guys' names. And I'm like, man, I didn't know everybody's name I played with. <laughs> like why? Like why? Like, like that's why they make rosters. I don't need to memorize every name of every player on every. I was like, why do I need to know? But I literally had this conversation with somebody. I was like, why do I need to know the third string guard for the Jets? I like if they they don't even they don't even know his name. Yeah, he's not he's not playing for them. So why do I why am I concerned? So now I'm getting back to these drafts. That's that's why, and it's not me. It's not me avoiding or anything. It's it's like let's see. There's so many scenarios you can go with for a team, and you just touched on it. All of these drafts and this player there, it's all thrown out when someone grabs a player that you like. So that's the thing. If you like a particular player, you're going to grab that player. But if someone else grabs that player, then what's what's necessary and what do you need? And the the and the and the Niners are in position to where when you are a good team. You don't need a whole lot. They're not drafting starters. And that's what I'm saying. I don't necessarily know if the Niners need a starter at corner. Do they need a starter at, at wide receiver? Um, not because of what you Because of what they've developed. So that's that's the thing. It, it, so at 13, you're drafting a starter. Um, do, you, do you feel like you have starter potential – like, like we're talking about a D, D tackle. Is this starter potential? Potential? Is this is this the next default? Is this the next guy you're looking at saying we have a Pro Bowler right now? Because if so, yeah, I think I may grab them. Like I really, I I wouldn't mind having a good wide receiver. But I'm looking at this guy, and we're like, this is the truth. This this, this dude could this dude could come in and 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 literally dominate this position and you know at the next two three four years five years don't you want to grab that yeah and, and for i think the reason why we're seeing this especially in a lot of mock drafts um is because 
you saw what the Niners were able to do on the defensive end last year, and, and it was in large part to just the depth that they had there on that defense, on that defensive front. Um, but regardless of that, for me, it's twofold. One, Buck's gone, right? So uh-huh. there, there's obviously a void there. And then two, you drive, you you draft an interior lineman. Um, you allow Armstead to stay where he was last year, where he's been the most. He had his most productive season of his career, right? Like, like you don't have to necessarily move him around. You don't necessarily have to move him, um, you know, to the inside. I mean, he's versatile, uh, versatile enough where he can play inside or play outside. But we saw the type of impact he can have on the outside with Buck being able to do what he was able to do on, on the interior. Um, and so I, I think that. Um, it's probably the most. I think that is probably the most pressing issue, and one of the reasons why you're seeing this from multiple, you know, draft experts and and whatnot out there. Um, for Kinlaw being the guy at 13 for the Niners, because um, as of right now, it's probably it's probably the biggest need, right? And, and and if you're talking about a guy who can come in and start right away, they think obviously that it could be this guy, then why not? You take him there and you try to solidify that D-line once again. Um, we talked about, we threw some names out there in free agency about some guys that can come in. N- none of that happened. Um, there's still a couple of guys that are still out there <laughs> yeah. um, that I I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe tried to make a run at. Um, but I think yeah. that, I think that, I think I think that more than anything is the most important thing because you allow Ormstead to 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 stay on the edge to to stay on on, on the edge and and be able to um, hopefully uh, you know continue what he started a season ago. Well, you know what? Let me say this on 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 the draft and people a lot of people looking at it um, as you going after an interior interior D lineman. Um, a part of that, the main part of that, as you said, more so than keeping Armstead out there, that's the team's philosophy. Um, we, we get we get caught up in in um, Kyle and Kyle's um, pretty offense and how innovative innovative it is and how he can scheme guys open and, and all of that is true. We know that this guy can X and O his ass off. We we know that. Yeah. Now with all of that being said, Kyle's not the GM. Kyle's not bringing in the players. The guy who brings in the players, John Lynch, you look at the guy that he, the guys that he worked with, with Martin Mayhew and um, Keena Turner and all of these guys, their philosophy is big people up front. That's how you win. That's how John Lynch won when he was in Tampa. Play behind Sapp. That was a a major part of what, and and, um, Kena knows it when he plays. It was always, yes, you had to have a good secondary and all of these things, but the big boys up front, every year you go get big boys. And you go from Michael Carter to you had Kevin Fagan and Larry Roberts and Pierce Holt and Dennis Brown and I can keep going and Stubby and Bryant Young. It was always bringing big boys. A team, remember, a team has a certain philosophy, and John Lynch's philosophy: big people, big people up front. You have a coach that's innovative. That's why I'm saying when everyone's like, you got to have this wide receiver. I don't even necessarily know if Kyle feels that way. 
I think Kyle feels that he can get certain people to do certain things and that his offense can be fine. John's philosophy is that I want the big people of the world to beat up your smaller people. Yeah. And that's and that's just certain guys' philosophy. That was as much as, it, as people may like or dislike what Trent Baalke did. Trent Baalke's philosophy was big, strong, and fast beats weak, slow, and small. That was his. That was his philosophy. Now I'm going to get a bigger, stronger, faster guy than yours, and then just see if you want to get hit in the face, or how many times you get hit in the face before you just bow down. That's his, and that's John Lynch's philosophy so when everyone's like offense 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 don't be surprised if they go after big people because that's what your general manager believes wins football games and you look at the way he's built the team since he's been here he hasn't been going after the sexy wide eye like get me a get me a quarterback because you have to have a quarterback everyone knows that but you look at which room they built first it's that defensive line. Yeah. So I, I'm with you, man. I, I'm I'm with you on that one. Don't be shocked if that happens because that is, from what they've shown, that's what this team is all about. And it's working. It got them to the Super Bowl. Why not continue to build on it? Yeah, I, I, I think I think you look there. You mentioned earlier about a replacement for Joe Staley. There are some tremendous tackles uh at least towards the top of the draft um, by many indicators. Um, they may all be gone by by time the Niners get there at 13. Tristan Wirfs uh, from Iowa, a guy people like a lot. Uh, Andrew Thomas from the University of Georgia. Um, there's Makai Becton, who could probably be a really good fit for the Niners out of Louisville. Um, but who's to say he'll be there uh, at 13? And then also Jedrick Wills uh, is a guy from Alabama. Um, so all four of those guys possibly could be gone um, by the time the Niners get there at 13. But but something to think about if if they're there at 13 and, and if the Niners are there at 13, maybe Ken Law's off the board. Maybe you start to look offensive linemen. Um, and, but, but who's to say? I mean, these, these guys could be gone as well. But – uh, obviously, a lot of options uh, if 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 you're John Lynch uh, and the Niners, including you know ma- making making the trade back down if if your guy or your guys you know who you targeted aren't there. Um, let's have a little story time with Ed. Uh, the the NFL came out with his team of the decade for the 2010s. Um, yeah, and there were yeah. four Niners that were on that list. Uh, there was your guy. Who you love a lot, Frank Gore. Uh, love him. In addition to Joe Staley, um, uh-huh. and Patrick Willis, and then Richard yeah. Sherman. And then, I mean, if we're being honest, I mean Sherman's yeah, only I mean, because of his Seattle. time what he did with Seattle. But yeah, you know, with Seattle, Niners, Seattle. yeah, but he, Niners yeah. still take credit for it. Um, oh yeah, well I mean he's he's on the Niners now, so yeah, he that happens. We we talked about we, we've talked about Frank Gore a lot. We know how how, how much um, you love Gore. But what about Willis? He was – you go back to those teams during the Balky, the Harbaugh era, um, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, those guys were, were key, you know, to that defense. Patrick Willis, um, probably best linebacker in the league um, at, 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 at a stretch there in his career. 
Uh, what 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 comes to mind when you think about Patrick Willis and your time around the team and and, and spending time with him, um, and his 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 preparation, how he how he got after it, how much he put into it. Um, second best linebacker I ever saw play. I mean, you know, we can all talk about all of these other guys in their prime and everything, but as far as what I saw with my eyes, he's the second best linebacker I ever saw. Who's number one? Uh, weak side, weak uh, Ray Lewis. Okay. Uh, weak side, weak side linebacker. He's the best I, I ever saw. He had a different game from um, than Ray. Um, Ray Ray Lewis is the best linebacker I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but Patrick Patrick Willis, uh, as far as how he played the game, what he did, what he was capable of doing, and how he worked at his craft. I mean, even in later stages, you're you're talking about a guy that every year he touched the field and he came out. This guy was all pro, pro bowler, what, the first five, six, seven years of his career? I mean, he this dude was ridiculous. I, I mean, it was like every, every – from the time he stepped on the field, he completely commanded the position. Um, and set a standard that guys had to play at that level. And then once you sat bow next to him, you got you put a guy next to him that I actually think, and, and I said it at the time, I actually think in some ways Bo had more physical ability. Um, LeVar Bowman, he had more physical ability than um, Willis, and that drove Pat to get even better to get better at blitzing, to get better at his coverage. Uh, the, the, he was he was just phenomenal and uh, set that standard on that defense. And they had they didn't have good defenses. They had some great defenses. And he was the heartbeat, just plain and simple. He was the heartbeat. And he played, he played at a level that everyone had to live up to. He worked at a level that everyone had to work at. Um, and he played hurt. He played tired. Uh, I remember one day talking to him and, and he was like, man, I wish I could get one of these coaches where we didn't have to beat each other up, where we, they weren't just beating us down, where we could just recover and, and do these things. He was like, but we don't have that. And since we got to go out here and pound, let's go pound. <laughs> that was his mindset. That was that was his mindset, and I, you, I could you couldn't help but love P. Willis, and and that's that's just how it was, and, and how he used to drive the other guys. Frank Frank Gore used to tell me how P. Willis drove him, so he's that type player. When you have a great Frank Gore, not a good Frank Gore is great, greatest thrown around too much. Frank Gore is a great player. He's an all-time great player in the league, and Patrick Willis was a barometer for him. So when you start, so when you start talking about a player in that light, that right there says everything about Patrick. When you when you have Hall of Famers looking at you saying, you know what, I, I need to keep up with that guy. That's who Pat was. Yeah, I think you you said it beautifully there. You said the heartbeat, and and I think that's just what. I think that just what endeared him so much to the faithful because you saw – I mean, not only was was he studied up and, and prepared and knew what was going on out there, but just the passion that he took out mm-hmm. there 
on the football field each and every single Sunday and, and, and how he was the leader of, like you said, some great defenses. Um, I think it, it, it was just it was just tremendous to be able to get to watch him play. Um, and, and I think that's kind of what endeared him to, to the faithful so much because he – I mean, it, it wasn't – it wasn't even so much like with some guys, especially at the linebacker position, you see them and and you talk about just the rage that they play with, right? And it wasn't even so much about the rage with Willis. It was it was the passion, you know, like like every yeah. every single play, like he went out there and, and, and he just wanted it, you know? Um and, and, and you know what? And that's great right there. It's 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 one thing, you're right, there's a passion to want to make a play where you play so hard that it's you're trying to beat the next guy to get there. And I, I, I remember a game I was playing. We were playing it, and I'm going back, I'm going to get right jump right back into Patrick. But just, just that desire to want to make a play. I, we were playing uh, the Saints in Candlestick. And I remember a guy coming across the middle, and, and he, caught the, he, he caught a ball on like a little shallow cross. And I remember coming in to go make a tackle, and Tim McDonald, came in so fast, so hard from the other side. And so when you say that about a guy just wanting to make a play, playing with that passion where he's like, I want to get this. And I mean, this guy was underneath, the, he, he had run underneath the linebackers and everything, but just the way he was going there, that's how Patrick was, where he felt like he could make every single play and he wanted to make every single play. And you're absolutely right. The faithful loved him from that standpoint. That's why I used to love – I was calling the games, watching him when those defenses were in their prime and just how he played and how much it meant to him and watching him practice how much it meant to him. That was the thing. Like you said, he was going to be read up. He was going to have the video all in his head. But you can't it, – it's one thing to, to play with that fire and and – talk about it but to get out there every single play no matter what and saying this is mine i'm gonna beat you to it that's 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 who he is that's that's p willis yeah and, and a great career and, and, and a great time um wearing the colors uh for him so obviously definitely well deserved joe staley richard sherman patrick willis frank gore uh, name to the 2010s All Decade team. What, what's, your, what's, what's your thought about these teams? I know NFL 100. They came out with their their you know 100 team you know last season. Now you got well, the that was decade. ridiculous. Yeah, now yeah, there there was a lot of yeah. There's the NFL, the NFL 100. That was ridiculous. I mean, what To wasn't on that team. There, there are a lot of guys missing from that team. Well, well, well I just say, but that right there just made it bogus right there. And, and I said it when that happened. You know, I, I mean, I've been at the network and all this stuff, and I know all those guys. But I was like, that's that's a bogus squad. I'm sorry. How how can a guy how can a guy finish his career, um, and your top your top three in every category, and you're not one of the best players at your position ever? I'm just it just makes no sense. Uh, you just uh, so so that's what I'm just saying. Oh, some a lot of this stuff is political, and that's how these teams are. It, it's always going to be that way. Um, the, you know, it, it's one of those things where you can't say that a guy doesn't deserve it if he makes it, but you can always say there are other guys that could have easily been there, and that's that's the hard part about it. 
uh, because there's no way that I'm going to say Richard Sherman doesn't. Richard Sherman should be on this team. You're absolutely right. He 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 was one of the he was one of the best players at his position um, in his era. So is Frank. So is Patrick. So is Joe Staley. So you know what I'm saying. So that's that's just that's the way it should be. I I, I get it. That's that's the way it should be. But it's um. You, you know that, that's all I can say on that. You know, it's a lot of it is it's who's it's who's judging and what criteria and and um and, and what's go and and how is it? Because I I think if you had asked players to do this, you'd still have Sherm on there. You'd still have Staley on there. You'd still have um Frank and Pete Willis. And that's that's really the test for me. That's how that's how I look at these things. Would would the players look at it? That's the that's the way I look at the Hall of Fame. Would the guys in the Hall of Fame had voted on this guy? Do they feel the same way about the sports writers that actually, you know, make the selections? And you know, and that's and that's how these teams are because do you look at any of these players and say, "Hmm, well, I don't know." Yeah, it was there was an uproar because there was no Breeze, no Rodgers uh, on that NFL 100 team. Um, NFL, the All-Decade team. Uh, I mean, it's I'm kind of indifferent on it. You know, either way. I mean, I think it's good. It's, it's something to talk about, right? Something to click on. Something to talk about. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, are those guys deserving? Absolutely, uh, deserving of being named to that All-Decade team. People. Uh, you know, and we we live in, in in this society now where it's a what have you done for me lately type thing. And if you didn't do anything yesterday, then we don't remember. Um, and and people tend to forget just how good P. Willis was, like how good Frank Gore was, yeah. like even now, like Frank Gore is still playing now, and people still forget, like you know how how good he is, like he's still contributing. Like guys, just not out there, like yeah. in, like in the NFL, like you're not just gonna be out there. You know what I mean? Like, there's just not enough roster spots for a guy just to be, just to be there, just to be a member of the oh, team. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Especially for a guy like a Frank Gore who's yeah. not going to play any special teams for you. Yeah, and, and so you know you still got to be doing something, and he's he's been tremendous. And and people are when when his career is over and people really realize it and look at the numbers and see where he ranks all time amongst the NFL's all time leading rushers. There's going to be a lot of people out there scratching their heads like, wow, Frank Gore, really? Huh? I said it, I said it five years ago. Yeah. I said it five years ago that Frank was a hall of famer and people looked at me cross-eyed and I said exactly what you're saying. I was like, when, when it's all over, when it's all over and you look at his career, you're going to say, how the hell did he do all of that? And we didn't notice. Yeah. Um, so this is, Quarantine edition week three, I believe. I, I, yeah. I have no idea. Um, it see, no it, idea. and it appears that you know there, there's more to come, um, and so uh, hopefully you know we can we can brighten your day or give you a little little yeah. bit of something um, during this time. We're we're all going through it. I know, Ed, when we first started this podcast, we are are. The May our, our very first meeting, um, we we said we were going to keep it real, right? And, um, and and that was, for me, that meant a lot of things, right? That that meant not only you know gaining the trust of our listeners and and, and telling them how we feel and not necessarily sugar sugarcoating things, 
Um, but for me, it, it meant something else. It meant it meant transparency, right? And so, uh-huh. um, being, and I'm a pretty private guy. Um, but you know, I, 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 it's been a, it's been a goal of mine to be a little bit more transparent. And you know, obviously, I, I say, I say things about about my wife, about my daughter. You know, things uh-huh. about the family on this podcast, and, and that stuff is somewhat deliberate. And, and me challenging myself just to open up a little bit more. And so. Um, we, we were asking for questions and I got this one question in particular last night from a, a colleague of mine, just, you know, like, how are you dealing with this, this situation, this quarantine? Um, and yeah. so it's, it's, you know, I, I talk about daddy daycare and how it's open for business and all that, which is cool. Like, don't get me wrong. This is, this has been beneficial. Um, but it's, you know, I, a bunch of my, a couple of my buddies have been text, close friends have been texting me like, "Dude, you good? You good?" You know, things of that nature. And, and and my whole thing is like, man, we're we're all in this thing together. You know, like like everybody's at home except for those key essential workers. You know, like we're like everybody's at home. You know, some people have the the privilege to be able to work from home, others don't. Um, mm-hmm. If if I just give you a sneak peek into my life, like pretty much my whole calendar for march got wiped out right um and so you know that's huge that's key you know you don't work you don't get paid you know typically right is how that works right Um, that's how it works (laughs) and so you know from 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 that standpoint you know it's it it's been tough but then you you think about you know some of the important things and like this time with my kid man like i can't get this back you know And, and so this has been very very key, very eye-opening for me. And, and I, I say that not necessarily for myself or about myself or to, to, to pat my own back, but more so just to encourage all you guys out here listening to this pod. I mean, you know, you, you guys all listen to it, obviously, because you're big Niners fans. But hopefully we can give you some relief, some some entertainment in, in the process. But but more importantly, just, just want to tell you all, like, you know, keep your head up, you know, no, no matter what's going on. You know, you know, work has been tough for a lot of people, whatever the situation is, whatever, whatever it is that you're going through right now and, and, and dealing with these times, these unprecedented times that we're living in right now. Just just keep your head up, you know, um, and 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 this too shall pass. You know, we'll we'll get through this, you know, and, and, and you, you got to keep the faith. You got to you know, you got to got to believe that something better is going to come on 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 the opposite side of this thing and and I really believe that. So I just just want to encourage everybody out there listening uh today. Um so that that's that that that's my story time if you will. But uh appreciate all y'all out there for listening to believe in 49ers pop. Appreciate you brother ED for you know all all this and 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 what we're here what we're trying to do what we're trying to build here together. And um yeah, man, let's just keep it going. Um Yeah, same here, man. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. You you, you said you said a mouthful and I'm not even gonna try to get on that. I, all I'm gonna add to that is as you said, just think about I we've all had things in our lives where you can sit here and, and say that this is going to kill me. Um I don't know how I'm going to get beyond this. This is tough. It's it's unexpected. But it's amazing how a day that you thought you weren't going to live to see, how when you re- when you reach it, you realize how nice it is being there. You can look at it like, I thought that was going to tear me apart. I thought that was going to kill me. When it doesn't, you kind of you see things that, in a different light. Yeah. And, 
And that's how you kind of got to look at this. Get through it. And I like what you said. You, you just go through it. You look at the things that are in it. You know, dig deep. We're all in this together. Unexpected. Um, but uh, there, there is some light on the other side. And we're going to get there. So between now and then, yeah, man, appreciate you. No doubt. No doubt. Um, we will uh, be back with y'all next week. Um, look out for for some IG lives uh, potentially. I know e, Ed's got a cracking on the on, on the IG live constantly, so make sure you, you follow my boy at underscore bump and run on Instagram. Um, he's he's always holding court uh, with you guys, so make sure you, you check that out. I'm at Watch Ray Ray on Instagram at R Haylock on Twitter. He's at underscore Eric Davis underscore. Um, appreciate y'all, all y'all out there for listening. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast presented by betonline.ag. For Super Bowl champion Eric Davis, I'm Rashawn Haylock. Y'all be safe, be well, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.